This is the station you turn to first for live team coverage of breaking news. 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Good morning, 6 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. Now a clear sky and 29 degrees. A tornado is confirmed to have touched town in Tangipoa Parish, Louisiana, Wednesday. Fox's David Jones is there with more on the damage. We've seen several trailers um, either with anywhere from minor damage to extensive damage. Metal just twisted up and wrangled. I mean, uh, this thing has been so powerful out here. I spoke with Sheila Martin. She's the elected mayor here in the village of Tangipaho. She says as far as she's aware, there were no confirmed fatalities here in Tangipaho. Her husband's a police chief here. Um, and so Daryl Martin, he also, they, both of them, they went door to door and, and went around to you know several of the different mobile homes. Um, and I spoke with a woman who actually lived in one of those mobile homes. One of her neighbors was taken to the hospital with injuries. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration increased the threat of severe weather to a level three for portions of eastern Louisiana. Spirit Aerosystem says they are reducing their workforce, but the cuts won't be coming from production. Senior Communications Manager Forrest Gossett says most of the 1,000 positions being eliminated will come from a hiring freeze and attrition. There may be some job reductions, unfortunately, but by and large, it is, it is coming through, through those first two items. So it's a, a reduction of positions uh, to position us for growth in the future. Meanwhile, a job fair will go on as planned Saturday at the Spirit HR Service Center from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Spirit is looking to hire for multiple manufacturing positions and will offer a $3,000 sign-on bonus to hourly workers. Back in 2021, Sedgwick County was awarded just over $100 million in American Rescue Plan acting funding. Uh, Wednesday, we learned how much of that will be spent in the coming years. Nearly $46 million will be spent in 2023, and $16.2 million is earmarked for 2024. One of the projects to tap into that funding is the county courthouse remodel to help clear the court backlog created by the pandemic. To add the additional courtrooms, several departments have moved to the downtown Ruffin building. The HR department will be next. Commissioner David Dennis was okay with a move, but questioned why they needed more office and parking space with a number of employees working a hybrid or remote schedule. I just want to make sure that uh, as we make these decisions, uh, that we're looking at the whole picture rather than focusing on one department. Work on the first floor offices should be finished by June. Rodney Price, KNSS News. Three people have been arrested in connection with the fatal shooting last May in Salina. Police say they were looking for suspects in the May 7th shooting that killed 25-year-old Dylan Garman and injured two others. One of the suspects, a 29-year-old man, was arrested last week in Salina. A 19-year-old female was also arrested last week in Arkansas. Monday, a 24-year-old man was arrested in Oklahoma. More miracles among the earthquake wreckage in Turkey and Syria as rescuers have been able to pull some survivors out of the debris. But Fox's Kevin Cork reports that may not happen much more. As crews continue pulling survivors from beneath the rubble, search and rescue teams say the window for finding more people alive is closing. Days below the debris without food and water and during the cold winter, is reducing their odds for survival. Monday's 7.8 magnitude quake and the dozens of aftershocks that have followed have killed thousands. Many survivors, now homeless, are forced to camp outside, huddling by fires just to keep from freezing. 
Experts say most rescues occur in the first 24 hours after a disaster. After that, survival chances drop with each passing day. At least 15,000 people have died in this quake. KNSS News Time now, 6.04, four minutes past 6 o'clock. Stephen, 10 of the morning, KNSS now, 6.09, nine minutes past 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning. Kansas Highway Patrol Superintendent Colonel Herman Jones has announced his retirement effective July 1st. He was appointed to the post in 2019. Since then, he's faced criticism from the Kansas State Trooper Association, accusing him of wrongful terminations and low morale at the agency. His replacement has not been announced. Also, Kansas Adjutant General David Weishar announced that he is retiring after 42 years on the job. A Philadelphia police officer shot twice while trying to investigate a suspicious vehicle. Two suspects are being sought. The wounded officer, whose name has not been given, approached the car with a partner. First Deputy Commissioner John Stanford says that's when a struggle began with a man on the car's passenger side. That suspect shot our officer, uh, at least at this point we know at least two times. Uh, striking the officer in the abdomen area just under his vest. The second officer fired as the suspects ran. The wounded officer, at last word, was listed in critical condition. Police are seeking the public's help for any information that will help find those suspects. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Newly released documents show the officer who pulled Tyree Nichols from his car Never said why Nichols was being stopped. Documents released Tuesday by the Tennessee Peace Officers Standards and Training Commission show former Memphis officer Demetrius Haley never explained the traffic stop that eventually led to the death of Tyree Nichols. Those documents also say Haley took photographs of Nichols after he had been beaten by police, then sent the photos to other officers. Five cops, including Haley, were fired and faced murder charges after Nichols died. Another officer was fired and still another suspended. And officials say another six may be disciplined because of the killing. Jill Nato, Fox News. And police are investigating another incident at a zoo in Texas. Investigators were called to the Houston Zoo this week after someone cut a four-inch gap into the mesh around the brown pelican enclosure. The good news, none of the birds escaped. The bad news, it's just the latest bizarre incident involving animals in Texas. In Dallas, a suspect was jailed after the theft of two monkeys last month. Both the primates were later found unharmed in an abandoned suburban home. A clouded leopard also temporarily escaped in the Dallas Zoo after its enclosure was cut open. The big cat was found a day later. Tom Graham, Fox News. KNSS News Time now, 6-11, 11 minutes past 6 o'clock. So far this morning, traffic's been looking good. Uh, we did have to, I did have to scrape when I got up this morning. It was uh, I did not. Huh? It was it was strange because my temperature, or my thermometer said that it was only, I mean, it was it, it wasn't even freezing outside. But I really did have to scrape. It was it wasn't that hard to get off of there. It was just kind of strange that I did. But uh, yeah, traffic conditions right now in Wichita looking pretty good. Traffic updates ninety eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS. I'm Jad Chambers. And now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holiday. Good morning, Dan. 
Good morning. We have a clear sky in Wichita here early on as temperatures hovered around the freezing mark. It'll be clouding up throughout the day, becoming breezy at times with a high 47. The system moving out of the Rockies will swing through tonight, bringing us a chance of light rain or light snow that will quickly come to an end, though, with a low 24, sunny and 42 on Friday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Ann Holiday. Now a clear sky, 28 degrees, calm, no wind this morning. That's uh, a little unusual for our part of the world. We had a cloudy day across central Kansas Wednesday. Wichita's high temperature, 48 degrees, normal high, 47 Ted Woodward, I saw some uh, drops on my windshield this morning, So, and the damp, surface of the street was damp, so I guess we had a little rain overnight. We're recording three-hundredths of an inch precipitation at Eisenhower Airport as of midnight now. That's .03, three-hundredths, right? So not much. Not a whole lot. Little, just a little bit more than a trace, I guess. Or might they, they should have what you say, have one that's D for damp, maybe, uh, as, <laughs> as a measure. On this date in 1933, the temperature at Riverside Ranger Station in Yellowstone plunged 66 below zero to set a Wyoming state record. Mm. Nearby Moran, Wyoming, chilled out with a low of 63 below. 66 below in one place, 63 below another place. That was a cold day at Yellowstone, 1933. On this date in 1964, the Beatles made their first live American television appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, broadcast from New York on CBS. And, uh, well, and of course, I, I was tuned in like everybody else. Yeah, were you watching on that oh, Sunday yeah. night? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't recall my mom and dad saying much, if anything at all. You know, at that time, there was the parents a lot of things. Whoa, look at that moppy hair, you know. Pretty soon all the kids were having, you know, all the guys had their hair like that. All of them. Except, the, except those of us who were involved in athletics, we couldn't do that. But, uh yeah, they didn't make any comments about, look at those guys, and, you know, there's communists. They, they apparently, I think mom and dad liked their music. <laughs> I think they really did, because they did have great music. At the same date, Ted, the G.I. Joe action figure was introduced at American International Toy Fair in New York. That was in 1964, G.I. Joe. Uh, I never had a G.I. Joe. <laughs> we were not permitted to use action figures in our home. Oh, okay. It seemed a lot like dolls. And that's well, because they are. <laughs> right. Of course, the Beatles appearing on Ed Sullivan kind of awoke America out of its malaise after JFK's assassination. You know, it's a good point. It, it, it helped them and, the, you know, helped The country us. was in just kind of a funk all of November, December, January, and the Beatles getting here kind of finally woke everybody up again. It helped us, you know, come and make a comeback there. An estimated 27.3 million people watched President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on television Tuesday night. Many of them watching for the commercials, I'm sure. The Nielsen Company says that was the second smallest audience for the annual event in at least 30 years. Biden's audience was down nearly 28 percent from 2022. Mm. The only smaller audience for a presidential president's annual address to Congress since 1993 was the 26.9 million people who saw Biden in 2021. In April, two months after the State of the Union is normally held, nearly three-quarters of the people who watched Biden's speech were 55 and older. Nielsen says Fox News Channel had the biggest TV audience. So, uh, yeah, apparently the television is not actually President Biden's uh, forte. Well, <laughs> let's face it. It's boring. It goes on for more than an hour. And the only interesting parts are when the opposition yells at him. There's <laughs> Most of it's interrupted by clapping. <laughs> 
It's not, it's not very good television. Not good television, no. We have a bizarre scene unfolding at a low-level minor hockey league over the weekend. The home team didn't show up. The home team didn't show up. Because? The visiting team from Quad City took to the ice for warm-ups at the arena in Danville, Illinois, for a Southern Professional Hockey League game at the Vermilion County Bobcats. Fans filed in, vendors sold concessions, and officials were there to drop the puck, but the Bobcats had no players. Their coach did not show up, and they had no athletic trainer on site. After a delay of game penalty and five-minute delay, it was declared a forfeit. And the visiting players skated with fans and then took a three-hour bus ride home. There are no concerns that there are now concerns that last place Vermillion County, which has lost 77 of 86 games in its existence, will fold at midseason. So it's a franchise with a whole lot of problems there. And when the home team doesn't show up, so why didn't they show up? Were they not being paid? Who knows? We don't know. No. <laughs> Barely close the office. I don't know. That's an interesting story, though. Six seventeen now. Steve and Ted here at KNSS. Time for lead-off sports with Ted Woodward. Shocker basketball last night, right, Ted? Yeah, the Shocks at home at Coke Arena, hosting Central Florida last night. Shocks had an eleven-point lead with twelve minutes to go, but then uh, they got dominated in the final twelve minutes. In fact. UCF went on a 31-15 run. The Shockers only got 15 points in the final 12 minutes, and the Shocks could not get the stops down the stretch when they needed to. Mike Kennedy and Dave Dahl had call of the game on 103.7 KEYN. And with this much time, you just don't feel like the Shockers can afford to give up another score here. No, they really can't. Um, Wichita State has to get a stop, and then they have to come down and score. Johnson got it into Hendricks, who slipped and almost fell. A long three oh. is good. By C.J. Kelly, and that was almost out to half court. Oh. They got it into Hendricks, who slipped, almost fell on his face over on the right wing. So he passed it to Kelly, and Kelly, prior to that shot, was one of nine tonight, and that was at least 30 feet, maybe 32, 33 Desperation, because the shot clock was winding down. Central mm. Florida goes on to win the game. 72-67 was the final score. The Shockers shot 65% from the field from two-point range, but only 25% from three-point range. UCF dominating from three-point range in this one, and the Shocks could not counter. After the game, Mike Kennedy spoke with Shocker head coach Isaac Brown. Getting the ball down the floor, finding each other and scoring, and then you had a stretch there in the second half after building an 11-point lead where you turned it over four out of five times and gave them a chance to get back in it. Yeah, get them all the credit. They came in, they beat us. I thought when they went to the pressure, again, it just bothered us. We just turned it over. Um, the game was won. They got offensive rebound after offensive rebound. I think it was 15 offensive rebounds. Yep, the Shocks will regret giving up 15 offensive rebounds for the Knights, and the Shockers commit 18 turnovers. So there's your, there's your ball game. Those things are preventable. Central Florida wins it 72-67. Shocks have only won one home game since before Christmas. 6,900 were at the game last night at Coke Arena. Juco men's basketball last night. A heartbreaking loss for 16th-ranked Butler Community College. They lose on the road at 14th-ranked Dodge City, 69-68, as Dodge Ooh. hit a shot in the late uh, seconds to win wow. that one. Dennis Higgins, of course, had the call of that game on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. The Wichita State women are home tonight at Coke Arena, 6 o'clock tip-off. The Shocker ladies hosting Tulane. The Shocker women trying to stop back-to-back -back losses. 
The Kansas women won last night. They went at home at Allen Fieldhouse, beat TCU handily 73-55. The KU women are now 15-7 on the season. Women's basketball action here in town last night. Friends University hosting 21st-ranked Sterling, and the Sterling wins easy, 77-51. The Sterling ladies are now 21-4 on the season. They are on an 11-game winning streak. Pro basketball in the NBA. The Toronto Raptors win last night at home, beat the San Antonio Spurs 112-98. Starting at guard for the Raptors, former Wichita State shocker Fred Van Vliet had 16 points and three steals. The Raptors have won three in a row. They're in the number 10 spot in the Eastern Conference. And, of course, we're three days out from the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes says he sure enjoys being teammates with tight end Travis Kelsey. It's been a great run, and I think it uh, it started, I mean, uh, as the friends we became off the field, that we've become like brothers now, that that relationship that we have has kind of translated on the field. And I know what he's thinking when he's out there. Um, and I mean, he's one of the greatest, not the greatest tight end of all time. And so for me to just find ways to get in the football um, and the way that he works um, to get himself better and better every year, I mean, he's a, it's a special player that uh, hopefully uh, we can keep, keep going for a long time because, uh, I mean, he's a guy that you, you'll never have another player like him in your career. Chiefs and the Eagles, the Super Bowl. You can hear the game live right here on Sunday. Along with uh, along with the Chiefs pregame and postgame shows from the Chiefs Radio Network, right here on ninety eight seven and thirteen thirty, KNSS, and of course, a couple hours from now, we'll have our weekly Thursday morning feature, our Minute with Mitch, as we head into uh, three days out from the Super Bowl. That's sports with Stephen Ted. All right, six twenty two now. Keep it here for Doctor Sanjay Gupta. Ultra processed foods are so bad for your health. That's on the way. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS. This is Stephen Tad on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh, Ted Woodward. 6.30 on this Thursday morning, 28 degrees. Texas has executed, executed a man responsible for killing three people in 1998. Fox's Jack Callahan reports. Convicted triple murderer John Valentine has been executed in Texas for murdering three teenagers 25 years ago. Last week, a court had postponed his execution because his lawyer hadn't been properly notified. But Wednesday morning, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals reversed that decision. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear a last-minute appeal. This is the sixth inmate to be put to death in the U.S. this year. Shawnee County District Attorney Mike Kege says five Topeka police officers will not face charges after they shot and killed a man last October. Kege says the officers' actions were justified when they fired 34 shots at 33-year-old Taylor Lowry at a quick shop parking lot. Investigators said Lowry charged at officers with a knife before he was shot. Kege says the Kansas Bureau of Investigation said that Lowry was under the influence of drugs when he rushed the officers after attempting to carjack a vehicle at the quick shop. No officers were injured. Sedgwick County will be purchasing new ambulances and other vehicles thanks to a grant from the federal government. At Wednesday's county meeting, commissioners approved a $1.8 million in assistance to uh, firefighters' grant to uh, purchase four ambulances and four support vehicles for county operations. Uh, The grant was awarded by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. 
The issue of requiring masks in schools was the hot topic for the House Energy and Commerce Committee yesterday. Fox's Marianne Rafferty reports. The White House saying two national pandemic emergencies are going to end May 11th. But despite these declarations, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky told a House panel not to expect the agency's masking guidance for schools to go away anytime soon. Our masking guidance doesn't really change um, with time. What it changes with is disease. So when there's a lot of disease in a community, we recommend that those communities and those schools mask. When there's less disease in the community, we recommend that those masks can come off. House Energy and Commerce Committee Chairwoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers arguing that masking policies take a physical and emotional toll on children. Walensky pointed to data obtained by the CDC that suggests schools that did not impose masking requirements saw more students get sick and miss school than schools that did. Other committees are expected to look into billions of dollars thought to be lost to pandemic-related fraud and the origin of the disease. Every year, 115,000 veterans go from the military to college. While returning to the classrooms, after serving the country can be intimidating, it doesn't have to be. The Warrior Scholarship Project offers free one- and two-week academic boot camps at college campuses nationwide. These academic boot camps are designed to prepare veterans for college the same way boot camp prepares them for the military. Enlisted veterans and enlisted active duty service members without a bachelor's degree are eligible to attend the academic boot camp. Enlisted service members and veterans can choose from three disciplines, humanities, STEM, and business and entrepreneurship. The humanities boot camp focuses on college-level reading, essay writing, and seminar participation. In STEM boot camp, participants can brush up on math and science skills, and learn to code in Python. The Business and Entrepreneurship Boot Camp gives participants a foundation in business and entrepreneurship concepts. You can learn more about Warrior Scholar Project by clicking the link in our news story. This Salute to Service is brought to you by Jimmy's Family Diner, a Wichita tradition since 1987. We invite you to read more stories about veterans and active military just search the menu on our webpage at knssradio.com. Dan O'Neill, KNSS News. Now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. With a quiet start to the day here in south-central Kansas, we will have cloud cover gradually increasing throughout the afternoon. It'll be breezy with a high 47. Areas of light rain may mix with some snow as colder air moves in tonight with a quick-moving system. Our low falls to 24. Sunny and 42 on Friday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holliday. Now clear sky, calm, and 28 degrees. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS, 635 now on this uh, Thursday morning, February 9th. It was on this date in uh, 2009, New York Yankees third baseman Alex Rodriguez admitted to taking performance-enhancing drugs, telling ESPN he'd, he'd used banned substances well, with the Texas Rangers for three years. Uh, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But there you go. <laughs> He's one of the few players that actually came out and admitted it. up. Huh? How about that? We suspect that hundreds of players were doing that, but he's one of the few that actually came out and said, yeah, I did there it. There you go. Oregon Governor Tina Kotek has asked the Board of Commissioners of the state's Marijuana and Alcohol Regulating Authority to remove its executive director and other leaders who allegedly abused their position for personal gain. An internal investigation by the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission 
concluded that its executive director and some other senior officials were diverting rare bottles of bourbon for their personal use. Kotek said the behavior is wholly unacceptable. Board of Commissioners is appointed by the governor and in turn selects the executive director in Oregon. Kotek asked Attorney General Elan Rosenblum to conduct an independent civil investigation if somebody has been diverting booze to pay for favors. 636 now. What year is this? Hmm. 2023 or 1923? All right. We had a a tornado touchdown in in, uh, Louisiana in a place I never heard of, and I had a little difficulty pronouncing it. Did you see that? Uh, The parish is uh, uh, Tangipoa. Okay. A lot of H's and I's in there. (laughs) It's one of those challenges we have in radio and broadcasting. But anyway... It, it appears that some trailer homes got wrecked and maybe some injuries, but we haven't seen any fatalities out of it this morning, so that's good. Um, Louisiana, it's having some severe weather down there overnight. Uh, 6.37 now, Stephen 10 in the morning here on KNSS. Time for our KNSS Commodities Update with Tom Leffler of Leffler Commodities. Good morning, Tom. Well, good morning, Steve and Ted. Wednesday, the entire cattle complex had two-sided trading and closed mostly on the negative side. Now, only the February live cattle was able to score a new contract high yesterday. The higher grain prices added to the selling that we saw take place in the feeder cattle. And Kansas has sold a few thousand head of cattle in the cash market at slightly higher prices than last week. Lean hog futures also traded mixed yesterday, but closed positive with several contracts having triple-digit gains. On the close, April live cattle were 10 cents higher at 163.10. March feeders down 75 cents at 186.45. And April lean hogs 80 cents higher at 84.07. Now, Wednesday morning's USDA supply and demand report was in line with the pre-report estimates. The wheat futures had the best upside yesterday as only the cotton and soybean oil futures closed negative. Conab updated their Brazil soybean production slightly higher yesterday and lowered their total corn production to the downside. At the moment, March KC wheat's three cents lower at 893. March corn's unchanged at 678 and a half. March soybeans eight and three quarters higher at 1528 and a half. March crude oil trading 26 cents lower at 78.21. June gold three and a half dollars higher at 1911 dollars 20 cents. March S&P 29 points higher at 4159. March dollar index 53 cents lower at 102.74. And March Dow Jones futures 196 points higher at 34,191. For commodity trading or ag marketing advisory, contact Leffler Commodities on the phone or on the web by using 866-GO-TO-TOM. Tom, a story out of Barton County this morning about hay theft. Uh, apparently, there was some vehicle seen in the area, and it's all of a sudden, the hay is missing. <laughs> a lot of it. Uh, how often is this that something like that, that kind of a, a crime happens in the farm? farm area i don't know how often but i would say it's not unusual it's not, and okay. it's not just hay there has been grain stolen out of of uh, bins there has been equipment stolen uh, sheds broke into their tools stolen this uh theft out in the country is nothing uncommon anymore right what about and the other thing we used to i haven't seen a story for a while but i have seen stories in the past of cattle rustling where yeah, heads of you know, cat, cattle have been gone missing, and people have stolen cows. That is getting to be common once again. Well, too. it is really, and 
Yeah, and some of it's made easier because of some of the equipment we have today because you can pull around portable corrals, making it easier to load the cattle and gather them up. So, uh, yeah, theft is still a big problem everywhere out there. But even then, when you, when you, what is the market for that? Uh, how do you fence that kind of thing? Maybe I'm asking questions that uh, you can't answer. Uh, you've well, seen enough Randolph Scott movies. You know how it's done. I was going to say, uh, Steve, you're asking me questions like I would know. Well, okay, so what you're saying, Ted, is when you got something like that, uh, either Jack Elam or v- Lee Van Cleef is going to buy the cow. Exactly. Right? Right. Uh, Ted, Ted, I will tell. I will tell you this, Steve. As far as uh, stolen cattle, they do try to sell them through cell barns, and at the cell barns, they do watch for stolen cattle and stuff, but. Uh, you know, it, it's not the easiest thing to do, I would say, but it, it does take place. And the, and they do get caught. There has been some uh, sizable theft rings that have been caught over the years. You see this guy showing up at prison and said, well, what do you do? The guy said, well, yeah, I, I'm in for homicide. And I'm in for armed robbery. This guy said, I stole a few cows. I, I don't know where they would put that guy. But, it, <laughs> you know, uh, well, it's, it's, it's interesting, though. It's a... Uh, the, the modern cattle, they're, they're not really branded, are they? Don't they get some sort of an ear, pl- ear tag or something? Uh, there's still branding that takes oh, place. Okay. Yes, yes. And it's still recommended to brand because it's a harder way uh, to hide the identity of the cattle. Hmm, okay, okay. Well, listen, Remember, there was a time, Steve, we used to hang horse thieves. That's what I was going to say. I remember that. Uh, a horse thief could be hung or hanged. And so those days are gone, but at least we can put them in prison if we catch them. There you go. Yes. All right. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Lee Van Cleef. 641 now, Steve. Steve and Ted here on KNSS. Being outpriced from your home state. Okay. Ooh. Confusing? Uh-oh. Yes. Don Grant, CFE, the money tracker. Do I need to move? Oh, Don's going to clear it up for us. That's on the way. Steve and Ted on KNSS. Stephen Ted of the morning, KNSS, 646 now. Three big things. Three. Basketball, UCF 72, Wichita State 67. Two. Spirit Aerosystems workforce reduction will not include production in Wichita. One. Tornado touches down in Louisiana. Damage and injuries reported. Three big things, Stephen Ted on KNSS. Traffic volume starting to pick up a little bit on the roadways right now, starting to see uh, more often heavier patches of traffic out there. Uh, right now, some really heavy traffic uh, looks eastbound on Kellogg and between uh, West Street and uh, Meridian. That's the area just seeing uh, particularly heavy batch of traffic going right through there right now. Traffic update from 98.7 at 1330 KNSS. It's brought to you by Joe Dubrava and Carl's Goodyear Tire. Located downtown in Market and Waterman and online at carlstire.com. Your home for complete car care. Mostly sunny and breezy today with a high of 47 degrees. Cloudy and cool with a 20% chance for rain and snow tonight. Overnight low 23. Uh, Friday sunny. Tomorrow's high up to 42 degrees. Now a clear sky. Calm and 28 degrees. 648 now, Stephen Ted. Stocks closed down Wednesday, giving back recent gains. Stocks ending lower on 
rate hike worries after several Fed officials issued a more hawkish tone. Shares of CVS spiking in a down market after the healthcare company delivered earnings and revenue, beating Wall Street estimates. In addition, CVS is plunging deeper into providing primary care and is acquiring Oak Street Health. And shares of Alphabet's Google tanking following news about its new AI chatbot, Bard. A day after Microsoft held its own event to reveal new AI technologies in its competing search engine, Bing. The Dow winners, United Health Group, Merck, and Goldman Sachs. The Dow decliners, Home Depot, McDonald's, and Honeywell. The Dow falling 208 points. The Nasdaq down 203. S&P 500 down 46. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Toyota has reported an 8.1% drop in its net profit in the last quarter as a global shortage of computer chips and soaring raw material costs battering the auto industry hit Japan's top automaker. Toyota's October-December profit totaled at 727, almost 728 billion yen, or $5.6 billion. But that's down from uh, uh, the previous year. 649, Stephen Ted. Being outpriced from your home state, Don Grant, CFP, the money tracker, is with us this morning. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Steve and Ted and Jad. You know, there are lots of considerations when choosing where to retire. Many older workers want to just stay where they are, but some want to move. A United Van Lines, they would know, survey found that all of those moving to another state in 2022, uh, of those, 20% were retirement movers. That's about 4% greater than that number in 2021. For many, it's not just a lifestyle move. It's financial. The single biggest expense for seniors who don't already own their home is housing. More than 12% of retiring migrants leave their current locales in an effort to bring down housing costs. And it's the number one reason older Americans are moving to another state or another country. Well, where are they going? The study showed that they're moving from expensive cities like San Francisco, Chicago, and New York to affordable regions of the country. They're choosing lower-density cities in towns like in Florida, in towns in North Carolina, Michigan, Georgia, and Arizona. While bigger expensive cities are seeing net outflows of retired residents, the states seeing the biggest depletions of their older populace are Oregon, Maryland, Idaho, Texas, and Virginia. Those are the ones seeing depletions. Now, it's interesting to note that some of the states seeing the biggest outflows were popular destinations for retirees as recently as 2020. The rapid influx brought housing prices up, therefore making it too expensive for longtime residents to remain after retirement. Taxes have added to retiree migration as well. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 put a $10,000 cap on the federal deduction for state and local taxes. It's called SALT. Property owners can have, begin to have a, you know, property taxes are rather, are kind of a big write-off for some people. States with high property taxes like New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey have worked to undo the SALT caps. That hasn't worked so far. But 20 states have passed salt cap workarounds that utilize pass-through entities like partnerships. There are lots of things to consider other than housing when moving to another state. 
your tax advisor and certified financial planner practitioner can give you guidance for that kind of a decision. And of course, if you have any questions, you can give me a call. The number is 267-0600. Just ask for me, Don Grant. I wonder how popular a place like, like Lawrence, Kansas is for uh, people coming in from out of state to retire. Uh, you've got to- I don't know. You know, I don't know about people coming in from out of state to retire, but a lot of Kansans yeah. uh, moved yeah. to Lawrence. Yeah, well, it's a nice little it's, town. It's, They're kind of liberal, but it's a nice little town, and and uh, there are plenty of good places to eat. And you're just just uh, not too far from Kansas City if you want to go see a big game or something. That's a that's a great place to retire, uh, I would think. It is, yeah, and I've I've also heard that 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 the vibrancy of all the youth that is there, you know, because yeah. of the university um, and Manhattan as well. Right. But I, from what I understand, I think I believe that Manhattan and Lawrence are some of the two highest housing price cities <laughs> well, in go. the state because of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, we also always used to joke about people, everybody retiring to Florida. And now that's become the most popular state in the union. I'm not sure if I want to hang around with the several thousand people every day. That might be where I go, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's changing. It depends upon, of course, what part of Florida too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I don't have to make that decision. Ted uh, doesn't have to make it. Ted, have you been thinking about retiring? I haven't asked about that. Uh, okay. I can't afford to. <laughs> yes, we're not going anywhere, Don. We can't afford to go anywhere. Right. Are you kidding? We're going to stay right. Good. I want to keep this Steve and Ted show going on for another 20 years. <laughs> oh, well, it could, uh, could happen. I mean, this is uh, show number 6,353. Uh, wow. Ted, shall we shoot for 10,000, Ted? Another notch on the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. 10,000 or, or bust. All right, today is, uh, it seems like we have one of these every three or four months. Today is National Pizza Day. Um, mm. Of course, celebrating one of America's all-time favorite foods. Whether it's thin crust, Chicago-style deep dish, or anything in between, pizza is an American favorite. Of course, we all know that pepperoni is the most popular pizza at 36%. Uh, over 3 billion Pizzas are sold in the U.S. each year. Then add another one billion frozen pizzas. Um, there you go. It's getting, getting harder and harder to to me to find a real good pizza. But uh, I got one the other day. It's from a carryout person, and we didn't order thin crust. And we got, we got, you know, it's, it was half dough. I mean, that's oh, not gosh. what I don't like. A lot of crust. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Ted, what do you think? I get that. You should yeah. have ordered the thin. We didn't. That was my wife's mistake. I'm, she, ah. She's going to correct it. But uh, even then, there's too much crust. I mean, we, we, you ordered for the top. I thought you said the pizza you like that she makes is is a huge crust. Oh, no, 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 no. Not huge. But she uses, Shelly uses uh, biscuits for her dough. That doesn't make thick crust? No, no not really. Oh, it's very okay. tasty. But uh, I'm talking about the, uh, the what we order out. There's nothing wrong with my wife's pizza. You're going to get me in trouble now. <laughs> pizza day. Oh, that's funny. And, of course, if you've got a pizza that doesn't have anchovies on it, anchovies on it, something's wrong with it, in my opinion. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one in the world who thinks that. Did you get anchovies last night? Uh, no. Oh. I didn't get pizza last night, so I did. Uh, yes, I did. I had a piece of pizza. We went to... Uh, a place where they serve Mr. Pibb, by the way. Mm. And some, and now, my wife, now you're talking. My wife said, while you're up, sweetie, could you get me a glass of Mr. Pibb? And I said, oh, oh of course. Of course, my dear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good invitation? Nah, probably not. 
Well, yeah, of, of Jonathan Winters doing Maude Frickert, it's a good imitation. I'm not sure it's a good imitation of your wife. I better, better not. I better. <laughs> okay. Thank you, guys. Six, 6.55, Stephen Ted here on KNSS. Coming up top of the hour news at 7 o'clock. We did have a tornado touchdown in Louisiana. And we're going to tell you all about that. And Spirit is reducing its workforce, but apparently not in production here in Wichita. That's on the way. Stephen Ted on KNSS. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Saber Wealth is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. This is Marcy.